Welcome back to episode 16 with Manifest Mindset. Well, at least I think it's episode 16. So welcome back to Manifest Mindset. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. We're back today with me, Bob Chang. And Nick Davis. And as always, we don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're here. Um, actually, fun, fun, really fun uh, fact. I was checking the stats for, for the show. Yep. And Ikigai, mm-hmm. the, one of the episodes in the past, yeah. has around like 200 plays. I love it. Like every other episode is like around twenty plays. Okay, so well, we'll see if we can get those up too. I, I, that one has like two hundred over two hundred plays, or yes. So I don't know what happened with that, but it. Hey, it, one of my uh, favorite words, one of my favorite missions. So clearly something's sticking in there. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. I I looked today when I, when I was uploading uh, last week's episode, yep. and like I was like, oh, look, look at that spike right there. Uh, I wonder where that came from. Um, Maybe it's somebody just playing that episode over and over and over again. Maybe. Or maybe it came from somebody questioning, what's your why? Yeah. I, I like it. Um, so as always, we start off with the check. I'm bringing out my wallet. Bringing out this check in here. We haven't really touched this check in like a few months. I know. It's been, so. it's been, it's still been on the line, but it's yeah. been in safety. It's been in hiding. Um, it's been under government protection. I like it. I actually want to feel this check. To make sure it's still real? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have still not put my signature on it. Wow. Brings that was back memories. from you. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's on the table now. Memories um, of a clean slate. Yeah. Memories of a clean slate and when I went bald. But now my hair is actually just back now. Yeah, I'm longer like, than mine. Yeah, it's, it's back to normal. So, um, yeah, life is great. So before we get to that. Yeah. And, and the book, something I really wanted to talk about today um, was this quote that I heard from Jeff Moore. He's, he's a physical therapy trainer person kind of guy. I actually asked him today what the exact, exact quote was because I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. And he said he didn't remember either. But, but basically the quote is like, noise is the barrier to growth. Or I think he said noise is a barrier to, to learning or something. But I feel like growth is... Even better. Um, why? What so wise versus learning? Yeah. So, so noise not not like people banging on your window, because that distracts you from learning and growing as well. But but noise as in people talking or, or people's opinions and beliefs that really holds you back. Um, a, a good example of this, and, and like. The previous episodes, I like to tell more stories and just practice my storytelling ability. Yeah. Um, Which so, I appreciate. I think you're getting better. Yeah, hopefully. But um, I, I live with two other roommates, and one of my roommates, uh, he doesn't like, I guess, me doing the live videos as much as, yeah, he doesn't like me doing the live videos because it's loud and, and the webinars. Um, so that's kind of noise to me because that's like, uh, me not being able to to do, do your th- thing do my thing right so what what I do now is I just circumvent that and do it elsewhere so I do it in my car I do it um, somewhere like on campus not in my home to, to and for reference guys that's Bob Chang's car in Ithaca New York in December well I mean it's, it's not that cold to be honest it's not that cold but it's below um, freezing yeah, so, so so that's noise because, t- to be honest, if you didn't tell me that, I still would have been doing it. I still would have been uh, just doing live videos 
and not worrying about it and not caring about what he thought. Um, but but noise can can really act as something that really hinders, I guess, your growth. Uh, because I could have said that, oh, he doesn't like me doing live videos. I'm just going to stop forever uh, and not do it. Right? Okay. right. Um, because I feel like a lot of people fall into that uh, trap. And, and uh, me, me as well with other parts of my life. Um, when, when somebody's opinion comes up. The I trap just, of letting somebody else's opinion deter what you want to do. Yes, and, and that's, that's that, this idea of noise. Preventing. That's, a, that's a tough balance, too. Um, I want you to keep going, but I just later I want to touch on the difference between that noise and somebody's opinion getting in your way and when you listen to an important teaching moment. But get back to what you were saying in your story, Bob. Interesting. I, I never thought of... I want you to tell me later about how you think that this noise can be a teaching moment. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that, that's basically my story. So uh, there was some noise and it affected me to to prevent me from doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. Fully, hundred percent. So I had to circumvent it in order to do it, hundred percent. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And where people fall short, and again, like I said, this applies to me as well, is that we don't really adjust and. Uh, do it again. Does that make sense? Right. It's about um, how critical are you in your reflection process? Yeah. And what do you change based on that? I hope that made sense. I think so. Okay. So, so tell me more about how you yeah. think that noise can be a, a I, good learning moment. I think it can be confused for one. And I think it's sometimes it's harder to tell when you're getting blasts of just noise or when you're getting something that might be important to pay attention to. Like anything, it's very easy to tell the black from the white. It's easy to tell when there's just this stupid gossip going around all around you and it doesn't do any good to pay attention to it. It's also easy to tell when you've got like this burst of insight from a valued mentor of yours. Okay. I think what's harder to discern for people and including myself is like let's say for this PT program, there are a lot of faculty that are very well respected, that I trust a lot, that are great people um, that I'm a part of. That doesn't mean I'm going to follow every single one of their advices. Okay. They all come from a very different life experience. So some people that I've chosen as my select mentors, in general, I think that they're setting a good path for me. But there are professors that, you know, they may say things based on their personal experiences, their past stories, um their encounters, their way of working through life, that they may have suggestions for me that, that really doesn't resonate with me as much. Um, and I think that can be noise, too. I think it's harder to discern noise from advice that may be important paying attention to when it's from people that have more experience than you do, mm -hmm. um, whether you agree with them or not. And I know that sometimes it's I've gotten much more comfortable with it recently about saying, no, these are my priorities, these are my goals, these are what I'm going after. I may not be doing that in the quote-unquote status quo way that's typically done. But it's about, I think it really, the clarity in it comes back to having a larger vision for myself and allowing myself to chase after that vision. Yeah, and then not letting the noise from, from exactly. people that, that don't align with your vision affect that. Right, that, but I think I think I wanted, and I completely agree with you. Yep. I think I wanted to bring up the point that it's not always black and white immediately. It takes that 
process of reflection, of yeah. reflection on what's your vision and what truly aligns with you. Well, well, definitely. And there's also the other side of the spectrum where, where like you're online, for example, and you know, you know for a fact that being in a calorie deficit will help you lose weight. Yep. But then all these other people t- are telling you, you need to drink this supplement or you need to go on this 21 day fast or you need to go on this specific diet. And that's also all that noise as well. Um, and it could confuse you, yeah. right? if you if you don't really have that vision set of oh this is what I'm going to follow I'm going to stick with it, and you could bounce around a lot. Um, I hope that makes sense. Right? Yeah. You have you have to stay, and I think a lot of it recognizing the noise is about staying disciplined. Mm-hmm. It's staying disciplined to your story. It's staying disciplined to the story you tell yourself about your vision, and that you are worth achieving your vision. Because I think discipline is a sign of self-efficacy. The way you discipline yourself, and for me, the way that I either do or not, or do not discipline myself in a given moment, is a critical reflection of the sign of I'm worth it. Yeah, I'm worth investing in. I'm worth making this change happen in my life. Yeah, because discipline is a direct reflection of the time and intensity and effort you put into something that I choose to put into something. Mm. And so how I choose to spend my time is very valuable. Yeah. Incredibly valuable because we can we can always go back and earn more money. Yep. Ideally. Yep. You can't go earn more time. You can sure you can do things to be healthy to influence like maybe you'll live longer or something. Yeah. But you can never use your time again. So I think having a certain degree of discipline in your life is one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself. And to me, that all comes back to being intentional with what I choose to do. And I hope that, you know, as people listen to this, it's not about being disciplined that you have to live this hard, rigorous life and having gravel in your teeth or whatever kind of badass, like whatever version, like vision you want to have. It comes down to being intentional about what you're doing. It comes down to having goals that motivate you, other than being intentional with breaking those goals into specific tasks, into very specific action steps that you can do to achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, I keep saying this over and over and over, but for me, it's always about where am I currently? Where do I want to go? I don't need to know the absolute exact like pathway to get there because that's going to evolve and change. Yep. And it's like in physical therapy in a way where you get a very complicated patient and you might not know the very specific pathoanatomical diagnosis immediately. But you see their impairments, you see what they're coming with in your clinic, and you see how to make them better. And then you continue to reflect, to examine to see how can I keep getting them better for and find out a clearer picture of what's really going on. I really think life is the same way where it's part of our mission to keep continually critically reflecting on where we are and how we can help. My, one of my favorite phrases, bridge that gap. It's not about getting to your final destination. It's about getting closer to your final destination in each moment. Yeah, so, so it's like in order to, to stop that noise from affecting you, you got to really prioritize where you want to go and then just 
have that discipline and have that self-efficacy to, to get to that place. Exactly, because you can't, you can't worry about – you have to worry about where you want to go, just like you said. You can't worry about where you don't want to go. Yeah. Because what happens is the brain fixates, fixates on what you think on what, and the mind will follow what you think. So if you're driving down a highway and you're thinking about driving safe, you think about the direction you're going. Yeah. But you keep driving down the highway going 70 miles an hour and you see an exit. And you see that little guardrail that comes to a triangle corner between the highway and the exit. Right along your right hand side. And if you in your mind say, uh oh, there's a guardrail. I better not hit it. I better not hit it. That corner right there, that corner that I'm looking at, I better not hit that corner. Don't let me hit that corner. Keep me driving safe. What's going to happen? You're going to start veering towards that corner. You can't focus on what you don't want to do. You have to focus on what you're doing. When people front squat, you can't look down. You can't make sure your toes, your knees are in the right position. You've got to have the proprioceptive ability to tell that and check it early. Because what happens when you look down, Bob? The weight falls. The weight falls and, or you fall. Yeah. Right. So you follow what you focus on. I don't care if you're telling yourself or if I tell myself with my neural input, I want to focus on this or I want to really not focus on this. Yeah. No, that part I, doesn't matter. No, I, I really, I really uh, resonate with that. Like, um, last, last week I talked about how I was in a class, I was in my class and I was telling a story. It was yeah. the worst storytelling ability in the yep. world. Um, Room for improvement. And once that happened, that was the only thing I think about. And that was my main focus for the rest of the day. I was like, oh my God, Bob. So after you told that story, you were in front of the class, you sat back down. The only thing you could think about was... Wow, I butchered that. Yes, and that was my focus, right? I, I couldn't focus on anything else. Yeah. Because that was where my priority was for that that time period. Yeah. Right? And and like you said, like what you focus on is what you focus on. Right. If you focus on the crappy stuff, that's where you're gonna get, right? Yeah. So, so so that those dots of of me butchering and just kept constantly coming over and over. Which wolf um, do you feed? Exactly, and you're right. You're just. Really, really taking a step back when you do hear a lot of noise and, and think about, okay, I, I hear this noise from this person. Is that direction where I want to go? Yeah. And if it's not, let me just keep on going straight to where I want to go mm -hmm. and not let this noise interfere with my direction. Absolutely. Um, but there are also points where, where this noise, like you said in the beginning, can help you realize that oh maybe going straight is not where i want to go maybe this place this what, what this person is shouting maybe maybe that's pretty interesting maybe i'll go there yeah. and and it's and it's flexible right and that's where i guess it's confusing because there's just so many answers you can do um or, or so many paths you can take to 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 have a life where you're you're fulfilled right um and and a great example of this in, in class is so in physical therapy school, we learn about treating the back and the neck. And this semester was the first time I was taught properly, taught how to properly critically think about a patient. So basically with a, a neck patient, there's, there's four basic classifications. Um, so they could be limited movement, move a lot, 
uh, they're gonna have radiating pain, so, so numbness and tingling down their arm, or they're gonna have headaches, right? Yep. And the the thing right, about the this, right? The four primary treatment-based classifications for neck pain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to get too sciencey, um, but basically, you want to put them in a category, and then you could treat them in that category, and then they get better because you place them in the category. Right. But they the get better because you're doing what you need to do for it. Yeah, but the tricky part is that one person can fall into all four categories. Right. Or all three or, or three categories out of the four, or just one, right? But it's your job to figure out where they want to go and where you want to first prioritize. Right, where is the priority? Yep, and then you just go down that road. And then once you get some noise or, or some signals that, oh, maybe it's time to shift and go to a different category or a different path, then you go on that. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Um, that, that's how I think about it. That, that's basically how I've been reflecting on it since you've been talking, um, I don't know if you, you you got your point across. What, what do you think? I do. I think, you know, my message was simple in that these processes that we go through in life, they reflection is so critical. Yeah. And how I've talked in the past about how what makes the greats great in any sport, activity, um, spirituality, whatever it might be, is their practice of the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And I think self-reflection is a highly undervalued fundamental. Okay. So I'm curious, how often do you think somebody should self-reflect? <laughs> I love your question. Um, because your question is asking me to reflect about reflection. Ah, that meta-reflection right there. <laughs> um, oh, boy, that's painful. But, um, but it's a serious question. It's a serious question. So, so like, is it... So does somebody reflect in a week, daily, every minute? Um, uh, That's a good question, Bob. And I think the answer varies, and it varies because I don't want to give this projection that you have to reflect before every choice you ever make, yeah. necessarily. Because then what happens is you become paralyzed. You become avoidant of decision. Mm-hmm. And you can't take initiative, you can't take action. So it's not that you need to be reflective after every single thing you do. But I think it's important to find teachers all around you. And those teachers might not be actual other people. Those teachers may be moments in your life. Okay. And I think it's important to reflect on what you've done really well, what you've done really poorly, both recently and from afar, from a distance, and to compare those things to be able to see to see how you can improve your life before you get a negative stimulus that tells you you need to improve. Because the human body, um, our physiology, we're set up for a negative feedback system. Yep. When we're comfy, when we're cozy, when we have that positive feedback, when we're doing good, what do you want to change? Nothing. Nothing. Because you're already good. Why would you change? Yep. If I'm poking you with my finger in your knee. I probably move. You probably move. Probably move. You probably either move yourself or move me, right? Yeah. Exactly. So you do something about it. You respond to that negative stimulus. So the key is how do we work above our physiology? So what you're saying is basically reflect before something negative or something really negatively impacts your life. Is that basically what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And to be proactive about that. So to 
to quantify an estimate. I'm, I'm a big fan of habits, and I'm a big fan of doing something that's routine that builds upon a foundation. So when I say how often should you reflect, it should be every morning and every night. Okay. It should be the first and last thing you do of the day. At, at night, it should be reflecting on, okay, what did I do today? Not only what did I physically do, what were my actions, but what were my thoughts? Yeah. Do I like the way my day went? Huh. As far as what was in my control. And being able to say, for do I like the way my day went for what I was able to control and for what I was not able to control? Because I think too many times we focus so much on everything. Yeah. And we don't break down what we can and what we can't control. I think it's good to acknowledge what we can control so that we can recognize that for the future to say, you know what? You're right. I can't control this. Yeah. So stop stressing about it. We got enough stress in our lives. We don't need to stress about things we can't do anything about. Yeah. And so I think reflecting on the day at night, other than when you wake up in the morning, it's almost like a reflection to the future. Yeah. A, a reflection of and taking the time to think. Because reflection isn't always just a looking in the past. It's a looking in the mirror. It's a looking at what do I want this to look like as well. Yeah, more so like planning. Exactly. In the, in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not only planning no. like daily routines like, all right, I'm going to brush my teeth or I'm going to go to this appointment or whatever. But yeah. what's the intention that you set for the day? Yeah. No, I, I really like what you said about at night really reflecting on that I like my day. Yeah. Because so many of us, and of course this is a lot easier said than done, so many of us like, fall into the, the, the hamster wheel of just – Oh, I got to get this done. I got to pay my bills. I got to do this. Right. Do life that. becomes passive. Yeah. And you don't really think about, oh, am I enjoying this? Am I liking the process? Yeah. And and I think that's something I need to work on as well. And I'm going to share my thoughts on on this reflection as well. Um, but I agree with you. In the morning, plan. At night, reflect. And then ask yourself, um, did my day-to-day, -day, uh, did my day-to-day, was that better than my day yesterday? Right. And then asking that question to yourself and, and thinking about it. And, and again, to clarify, I'm not saying that this is the gold standard. This is what you need to do. Yeah. But it's a tool. And for myself, I do more planning at night too. Yeah. Because I set my plan for what I do during the next day and the, th like the actual things I need to get done. So I have that plan already. Other than my morning, it's about... What's my intention? And that intention comes from my, me asking myself a question. It asks the question of what do I need to do today, which I already know. I think it's great to ask yourself questions you already know. Because that means you, you instantly give yourself confidence that I'm good at answering something. Yeah. It's consistency. After I ask myself what I need to do, it's saying, who is the person that I need to be today to get this shit done? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just get it done like get out of the way. But to have quality and enjoy my life. Yeah. Who is the person I need to be today? Yeah. And that's not about pretending like you're, some, you're somebody that you're not. That's about how can I be the best possible version of myself in this moment. No, I, I totally agree with that. Um, but like I said before, it, it's very hard to do that. Like, like this is a habit yeah. itself. And like other, all the other habits... Like weight loss, like going to the gym, like reading a book every day. Um, 
they're difficult to establish, they're difficult to keep, and they're difficult to maintain. Um, and and it's just it's just a process, right? That that you need to keep on building upon every day to to, to work on to work on that and, and sharpen that habit, so so it does become quote unquote more permanent. Yeah. Right. So, I I mean I talk about this a lot, but recently I've been doing more journaling every morning, every night. But the past few days, I haven't been journaling as much as I like. Yep. And one of the biggest reasons is is I have this noise telling myself that, oh, Bob, you're, it's, it's getting late. It's, it's 1 o'clock. You should be going to bed and not journal. Um, and then you wake up. Oh, it's, it's time to go to class. Uh, you shouldn't journal, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that really, I guess, brings me out of the loop of reflecting and seeing how my day goes. Uh, but I know generally... I'm going, I am doing, going the right direction. Yeah. Even if I'm not just sitting down and actually reflecting, but it's something I could, I could work on. And again, it's like, a, it's like a habit, right? Right. You're working on it. You're, it's constantly, um, things, habits always go up and down. There's always good days and bad days. Yeah. And the thing with this is to not get emotional if you do mess up with habits. That's a great point in not having a overly emotional reaction to a downward spike as opposed to a downward trend. Yes. Because momentum and progress is an upward trajectory, not a upward, constant, always stable, never changing line. Definitely. It it goes up and down. Yeah. And um, if we the more emotional context that we give those bumps both up or both down means the more power they have over us. And if those are good things that are going to happen anyway, because the trajectory, I believe, is something that we can control. Okay. We can control the general trajectory. Yep. We can't control the little bumps up and down. Yes. We can't control all of them. We can yes. control the gross motion of where things go. We can't control every little bump of the road. That, this so is... if we let the things that we can't control okay. have emotional power over us to change who we are, to change, our, to change the way we think, we're giving ourselves over. 100%. This is just like weight loss. So if you weigh yourself every day, yep. you're going to have bumps up and down the weight. Yeah, right. right. You, today you might be 150. Tomorrow you might be 155. The next day you might be 154. The day before that, uh, the day after that, you'll be 153. And then you might get pissed. You're like, why am I gaining three to five pounds? Yep. Right? Uh, this, this sucks. I'm going to quit. But then you don't remember that two months ago you were 180. Right. Right, so there's this huge downward trend, but then you're getting stuck into day-to-day ups and downs. Exactly. I mean, right? I had one of my clients for personal training the other day. Um, she was like, she's, she's like Nick, like I know I've been doing good. I know I've seen progress, but like I saw a picture of myself from two years ago, and she was like, "Wow, I look different." Yeah. Like in a in a in a good way right now, where she, the way she's looking, and she. She's doing so good, she's like she's astounded by her progress, which mm. is fantastic. Mm. It's it's like the same thing with like hair or like height. So like if you haven't seen a person in a while, yep. and you notice that they grew like three inches, yeah, that's pretty big. Three inches is pretty tall. Like you're, you're getting taller, right? But then for the person themselves, they don't notice that, right? Exactly, because well, well, it happened least, yeah. gradually over time. Yes, you might notice that your hair changed, but that's because you shaved it bald. <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, but yeah, did you have anything else to add to this before we, we move on to some other subjects? 
Yeah, so I mean, I wanted to go really back really quickly to your idea of noise, Bob. Okay. Um, and when is it just noise and when is it something to listen to? Because I've gone back and forth on this for a while for different things. And I think for – it's interesting because I think for myself right now, I've gotten a lot of input in the past about, oh, you're too busy, you're doing too much, all this other stuff, and it being noise. I think I'm actually at the point right now where I feel like I'm – I really am – a little bit overworked in the sense that I can't take anything else new on. Okay. And I think it's not just noise. I really think that it's a it's a feedback, it's a direction, it's something to pay attention to that I really need to not spare myself so thin. So you feel like somewhat that the noise is actually becoming true. So, and it's it's less that the noise was I feel it's not like the noise is amplified or the noise is that much louder. Okay. Um, because I've just, it's been going on more. I just, I think that the sounds that I'm hearing are truly matched to my environmental stimulus. And that I, 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 I do feel truly overworked, not that it's just noise blaring. Okay. Let, let me ask you this next. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that. You do feel overworked. Yeah. You you do feel like there's a congruency between uh, your environment telling you that you're working too hard yeah. and yourself, you feel like a little bit you're working too hard. But, but how exactly do you know that? What, that's a what's the... Great question, Bob. A fantastic question. Um, and that's a really challenging question, too, because some of these things are hard to put metrics on. Yep. Um, so I feel like a lot of the th- all the things I'm involved with... I'm I'm really blessed. I'm very fortunate. I have a ton of energy for them. Um, from a lot of my classwork to the research studies I'm a part of, to my different jobs on campus, from being a personal trainer for a ton of people, from being a TA for multiple classes, um, from just being involved in different mentorship with my friends, um, to occasionally getting workouts in for myself, which is far less frequent than I'd like. Um, the reason the metrics that tell me I'm overworked is because I'm still passionate about this stuff. It still fuels me up. But I feel like I don't have enough time to study, to prepare for these things to the quality I want to do them at. Okay. So so you personally feel like it's not up to par of your expectations? Correct. So my question is, if you love doing all these things, yep. how come you set expectations a little bit uh, so high? Isn't that a good question, Bob? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so if I love doing all the things I'm doing, why do I have my expectations so high for all of them that it's hard to achieve them all at the same time? Yes. Does that make sense? That's a damn good question. Because I've already had to say no to a lot of great opportunities. Okay. Because of that. Because I know that I can't spread myself too thin. And I feel like... I'm on that border. I'm on that edge of, yeah, I, I definitely, I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know if I can do anything more. Okay. Um, I'm just going to put my input in. Please. You could throw it out it. if you don't well, want to. That's what um, we're here for as friends for each other, to have that accountability, to have that reality check of saying, like, listen, is what we're doing really on par with who we are? Yeah. So, so and you know, I know in the, like, 20 minutes ago or however long ago, you're talking about money, like like people striving for money. Yeah. And you could always 
get more money, but you can't always get back time. Yeah. So I, I talked about this rule a few months ago on the podcast episode. It's it's the the rule of the money bag. Okay. So the person who has more money, like if, if two people are giving you advice, one person is telling you, oh, uh, do this for your website, and another person is doing, telling you do that for the website. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, you're going to listen to the person who has more money, right? Okay. Uh, because they, they've been successful at that. They know what they're doing. They seem to have validity for that. Yeah. yeah. And this is the same thing with all their aspects. It's not the person with just the most money. So the person who's fit, right? Yep. Are you going to listen to the person who's overweight, who has bad habits? Yeah. Or the person who knows uh, what, what habits are, how to change habits, right? Yep. So, so both per- both people can give be giving different pieces of advice on... Social media, for example. Right. You're obviously going to listen to the person who's... Um, Who actually lives their message. Yes. And then now, to, to bring it back to you, I guess, um, the question is, is there somebody who you strive to become? Are there... Is their noise, is their message, is their vibe telling you that you are actually overworked or, or you are actually... Um, setting too high of expectations. Does that make sense? That That's a great way of saying it, Bob, and my answer is no. My answer is no to... There's really nobody I'm trying to become. Okay. Um, and I've... I felt that for a while. I really do feel like I have a really solid, humble confidence in who I am. Okay. In that there's not one mentor or one person that I'm trying to strive to emulate. There's a lot of people that are amazing teachers for me. But I know that the way I'm developing is to the man I'm supposed to be. Now, to get back to, do I feel like I put too high expectations on myself? No, not at all. I feel like I put the right expectations on myself because I'm up for a challenge. I just know to match those expectations, I'm living dangerously on the edge right now. Okay. And I can do it because I know it's for this little bit is two weeks from today. I'll be done with my classes, done with finals. Yep. And then I'll have a two-week break before I go for a killer clinical. And I can get through that, and I can do it. Okay. But, oh, man, is it a challenge. It is a challenge. Yeah. Okay. And I, I love it. I love having those expectations and the challenge of rising to them. Yep. It, it's great. Um, would I want to do it all the time, 24-7? No. I don't think anybody would or could. Yeah. Um. But it's an idea I touched on back in some earlier episodes where it's not about the achievement of the accomplishment for me. It's not about getting through this semester saying I got a killer GPA, I learned a ton of stuff, I was able to mentor a lot of students. Um, all these things that I, I value, the connections I've made with people, the way I've enriched people's lives, the way I've improved myself. It's not about quantifying that. It's not about having those stats to back it up. It's not about having these accolades on my resume. Yep. It's about the transformative process of being the man I need to be to make that stuff happen. The reward is not in the reward itself. The reward is not in the end result. The reward is not in the external affirmation. The true reward of my triumph and success is the man that I must become in order to achieve this. Because let me tell you something is that I know for a fact that who I was 
this year in September when the, or in August when the semester started, would not have been able to get this stuff done. I would not have been able to do it. And I knew that going into it. And so I had to up my game. I wasn't saying I was bad then. I was pretty, I was pretty good then. I had a lot of confidence in myself then. I just have more confidence in myself now. Hmm. And it's about that. When I talked with you on that Facebook Live a while ago about, you know, everybody has their own version of the 80-20 rule, and I probably have five different versions for myself because that's fun numbers to throw around, right? That's how, that's how things work. Fun numbers, okay, let's stick something to them. Yeah. My 80-20 rule is you should be 80% prepared for the opportunity in front of you. If you are 100% prepared for every single moment of the opportunities that come in front of you, you are wasting your time. Yeah. Because you're already ready. What are you going to learn? Yeah. If you're 80% ready, that means you're competent. That means you're good. That means you're reliable. And that means you've got a hunger to learn that other 20%. And I know for myself going to these opportunities, um, I'm ready to learn. I'm not there because I already know the stuff. I mean, I think that's one of the beauties. The, in PT school or anywhere you go, the more you know, the more you're like, man, I don't know that. Yeah. There's, more to, there's always more to learn. Yeah, and I think it's about finding opportunities that keep you hungry to build upon that for yourself at least that's what I do for myself yeah. is I surround myself with other hungry people um, both physically too I'm, I've got a big <laughs> appetite um, old man the dining hall jokes with me like alright I'll see you in 20 minutes go do something get hungry and come back <laughs> um, yeah he's fun but now it's about surrounding myself with the community of yeah. people who are also ambitious and hungry and ready to strive after something. But that process of always learning and the process of deep self-reflection are very intimately tied with each other. Yeah. Interesting. So, so basically, the expectations you set for yourself are perfect. Th- they are perfect. They, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are what I need. They are what I need to strive and to go after something that requires a transform, transformative process. Yeah. So for, for you to keep on growing, you know, this is where you want to be at. Even, even if you do feel a little bit spread thin, right. even though um, you do feel like there's a lot going on, you feel like this is just the right level for you to keep on growing. You're at that yeah. 80%. When it's like, it's like the right level for a certain short-term chunk of it too. Yep. Because I know that, you know, for strength and conditioning, there's a principle called overreaching. Yep. You're, you're training, then you overreach. Uh, then you're overtraining. Overtraining is not good. But overreaching. But overreaching, good. temporary, short term. So overreaching is, you know, typical. A lot of the gains that we see for people are about volume training. Yep. You want to have more time under tension, more reps, more load. Just the overall volume of stimulus that's given to you. Oh, wow. Never thought of it like that. The vol- its the volume of stimulus. That's well, yeah. Well, like the overreaching part is where the most growth happens. Absolutely. So that 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 is pretty cool. I, yeah. I, yeah. And it's. The overreaching is where the most, most growth happens. But you can't overreach constantly. Yes. Or else you're done. Yeah. But if you have those periods of overreaching, uh, then, Bob, what happens after you overreach? What, what, what phase comes next after overreaching? You take a, a deload phase? A deload phase. So, Perfect. So you rest. Yes. You have some recovery. Rest starts with R. Reflection search with R. Ah, look at that. I just made it up on the fly. I it's, mean, I didn't make those it's words just like up. Falling up but... It's just like falling down five times and getting up seven. Exactly. It's just like that. Perfect. Look at that. <laughs> it's just like when we press that red button on the podcast to start recording. Yeah. 
This is Bob Chang and Nick Davis. We're going to have another great episode because we have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> right? And yeah. it does. It works out great. Yeah. Um, but it's about making these subconscious thought patterns in our mind conscious. And, yeah, it's, it's really just about, about getting after it. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, but I guess a little, I'm going to share a little bit of my story. Please. And, and I feel that the same way, setting those high expectations, constantly learning, constantly growing, and then constantly striving to achieve to where you want to go. Yeah. But there's also times for me when I kind of shift priorities. Um, for example, that when I first came to college, uh, and you were my resident assistant, for example. Which, That's a throwback. Which it was a few years ago, but it was, it was great. That's when we met. Um, but my priority then was I was going to get a 4.0 yep. for all my classes. I'm going to study my butt off. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going <laughs> to. I got a throwback of memory. And sorry to throw you under the bus, Bob. I remember you were my resident. I was your RA. All right. And you were telling me about these goals you had. Yeah. You had, I don't remember all of them. It was really entertaining, though. Um, but you had on the back of your door a list posted up of your goals, and it was like five or six goals. It was like get a 4.0. Um, there were six pack abs on there, and it wasn't beer. Uh. Um, something about girls. I can't remember the rest. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. But the the 4.0 I do remember. Yeah. Um, and that's basically what I strive to do for the first. And second year. Yeah. Uh, there was one music class that I was taking. I was taking a vocal class, a singing okay. class. Wow. Um, it was like a, a small class that didn't mean much to my major at all. Um, but for the midterm, I completely bombed the song. And I was on the verge of getting a B. Uh-huh. So I was scared out of my mind because I, I, I wanted a 4.0 no matter what. Yep. Right? So I dropped that class. Okay. I withdrew from that class. By, on the final, like by the final. Yes, by the final. So you took the final. Well, well, I, t- I took the midterm. Okay. And then the right before the final, I dropped it. Wow. So I didn't want I didn't want to get a B, right? So you didn't um, get the B. I didn't get the B, and I found all these loopholes to avoid getting grades of of anything less than A. Right? So, I, so the, I had you wouldn't let the line anywhere near you. Yes. So so I had like a a four for for freshman. Sophomore, freshman, sophomore year. That's impressive. Better than and I then, did. And then um, junior year, my priorities kind of shifted. Okay, my, my priorities kind of went to, oh, is this what I want to keep doing? Is mm-hmm. that, is getting a 4.0 for my entire college career something I want to do? Now, Bob, what made you question that? That's a good question. Um, that is a great question. I don't know. Because when, so, I, when I think of those questions when I say, when you, I ask myself, is this really what I want to be doing? Yeah. The reason I ask myself that is to get negative stimulus. My physiology responds to negative stimulus. Yep. I say, is this what I really want to be doing? Because I'm on a path that does not lead me to my full fulfillment. I think you're right. That is it. I, yes. That is 100%. So what part of, so let me rephrase that. Yes. What part, knowing, having that knowledge, what part of your fulfillment was not being addressed and what you're trying to do with that 4.0? So I thought to myself, well, I, I think I was just watching this, this random video. Okay. And that probably kicked it off. But um, I thought to myself, what can I do with just a 4.0? No friends. 
Uh, mm. Nothing, right. nothing so else. It wasn't just the 4.0, but it was the sacrifice of other important things to you that came with that 4.0. Yes. Yeah. So junior year, I said to myself, all right, Bob, this isn't where you want to go. Just studying 24-7. Um, I give you permission to not get an A in one class. Yeah. And and that, that semester, though, I still got all A's. But um, no. Well, you're bad listening to yourself then. Well, I mean, <laughs> so once I gave myself permission, I started doing other things. I started my YouTube channel. And yet you still got the same results. Well, yeah, I got the same results. Um, Which but is fantastic. I, I didn't get really anxiety filled or, or stressed out if I got like an 89 on an ex- exam for example right like, like you're still gonna live you're still gonna make it by yeah so so I remember there was this this one time on uh for an organic chem exam yep and we had an a great uh, an exam who you right? have for your teacher Russo or Mo? Uh, I'd, I'd Kyo Kuo? Elaine. yeah gotcha um but she had this this exam and for some reason I was matching the things on the exam wrong uh I I don't know what, what was going on with my brain, but I got an 88. Yep. And I don't know what happened. I was just furious and I was very upset. Yeah. Um, from getting an 88, which generally, if you think about it, it's very good. An 88, right? right? It's, it's yeah. a B plus. But you nailed 88% of that knowledge. Yeah. Um, but there I was because I was focused on, oh, Bob. That 88 is not a 93. Yes. Or, or, or 100. Right. Right. Um, and I also was chasing this, this idea of perfection, which is a totally different story. But I gave myself permission that if you get an 88, it's fine. Uh, it's, time for you to, it's time for you, Bob. It's okay to focus on other things. Yeah. It's like YouTube channel, starting a blog, uh, learning about marketing, sales, starting a business. All right. And that's where this whole loop of me coming into self-development. Yeah. Well, I guess more self-development. Um, which, which gets me, I, I guess, where this rambling is going is that it's okay if, if you want to shift sometimes. Yeah. Right? To change, And I think it's important. I think that the shift has to be fueled by reflection. Yeah. Because what happens is that people stay stubborn. And people get trapped in the idea of consistency. Mm-hmm. About, they have those same thoughts that you had. About, is this what I want to be doing? But they don't answer that. Hmm. Or, or, because they, or, yeah, or they do answer it, yeah. but they don't do anything. But they don't change anything yep. about it. Where they would prefer the comfortableness of being consistent, knowing exactly what they're going to do, without taking the risk of trying something new to find that fulfillment. Okay. I, I agree. We we're creatures of habit. Yeah. We take the shortest route because it's easier. We don't like hard work. Right. Well, that's an assumption. Uh, if you think about it, the only reasons why humans started hunting animals and fighting animals was so we because don't die. yeah, because they wanted to eat. Yep. But if there I get was, it, I'm hungry. Yeah. If there was a supermarket down the street and uh, there's food available, nobody would hunt, right? Right. Because it's easier. Yeah. Um, so I, I just find that interesting. Uh, we we go the past path of leaf resistance. Absolutely. So is there anything else you want to add, Nick? Bob. I think that does it for me. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so, let's, so last week we talked about um, doing something for the book. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I think if I recall properly, it was, it was probably look at the first part and just talk about it. Yep. Right. Meet up and talk about it. Yep. We didn't. That did not happen. That did not happen. Um, 
and we haven't talked about it since then. So, no. so tell me your thoughts. Yeah. Um, honestly, my thoughts tie back to back what I talked about about the noise, about I think I am overworked in the moment, and I think it would. This may be an excuse. This may not be an excuse. Um, in my mind, I think it's not an excuse for me, but I think, or it may be an excuse, but a valid excuse, is that I do feel too busy. And I feel like adding, just for this next two weeks, getting through my projects, my practicals, my finals, I think adding the book piece of it might be too much for me. It might spread me too thin. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this. Yeah. For like 20 minutes already, so right. I'm not going to probe more. Um, but okay. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts, Bob? Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm slightly disappointed. Yeah. Uh, like in both of us. It, in, 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 in myself, and I guess in both of us. Yeah. Um, for not, well, in myself, for not reaching out and asking when do you want to meet for that. Yeah. Um, but because another reason why I feel disappointed is because I, I set that goal specifically to make it extremely small yeah so so we we were talking about one segment of one part of a chapter and then just write in a few things about that just outlining it um so i mean personally i feel like that could have taken like 10 minutes yeah if we just met um but those are my thoughts okay i'm just putting them out there on the table this is a safe space totally hopefully yeah uh, no, no, nobody's listening. It's just you, I, and the rest of the 10,000 people on the podcast. <laughs> the imaginary 10,000 people. I, I love it. Um, but if you are listening, we do appreciate you, whoever you are. Absolutely. Um, if you listen to up to this point, you are a, a, a raving fan, and I want to give you a hug. So thank you for listening to up to this point. But, but yeah, so do you want to – so from, from what I'm hearing, do you yeah. want to take, take a few weeks I hiatus think- or – I would feel best about taking a hiatus from the book for two weeks. Okay. And my rationale for that is I am very strong in that overreaching phase. Okay. And just how over Thanksgiving break you changed up what you were doing for your stuff because you took the break like you felt like you would be able to come back after more replenish and able to focus on that and give it quality. Yep. That's the way I'm thinking with this. Okay. Yeah, so so that... To the people listening, that doesn't mean that the book isn't right. That doesn't mean we're giving done. up on it. Yeah. That means that doesn't mean that we're folding on it. That means that Bob and I are still taking an action plan. Yep. And that action plan is two weeks from now. The next time we meet, regarding that, we're still going to be planning the next time to do that. Yeah. And it's still, it's still, it's that clean slate policy. That just because that we may have had a small failure. Yep. It doesn't mean that we're folding and calling it quits just because of that uncomfortableness of, you know, Bob telling me that, dude, listen, I'm disappointed in myself. I'm totally disappointed in you. Well, well yeah, I agree with the clean slate policy. It's also like the weight example, the scale going up and down. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is, the, the past few weeks, they've been going up. And this is and a spike today, down. It's spiked down, right? right? But trajectory-wise, we're going up. Absolutely. Or going down, whatever you want to <laughs> – however you want to relate it. If you're gaining weight, losing weight. Um, but – yeah, so two weeks from now, we'll come back and talk more about that. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but that's that's the fun of these episodes, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and then for the check, let's talk about that. So, yeah, so, let's talk about what uh, you did for this week. Yes. 
So this week I recorded, I talked about stories. Yep. Um, they actually came out more fluidly than I thought. Good. Uh, of course, I could add more details to it. Always. Um, so I told all my, I think, 10 stories. Yeah, you said 10. 10 yep. stories. Um, sometimes I had to combine them. Okay. But I told, I told my 10. Fantastic. So, again, nobody was watching. you like that was a good experience for you going through that? It was good because many of my, connect, many of my stories actually connected. Like, I could combine yeah. them and, and tell a longer story and nice. have a more congruent one. Um, so, that's what I want to do for next week. I want to just practice telling the stories again. Same thing again. Just get repetition in to do it better, more confidently, and improve. Yeah, so, so what I want to try is, is actually combining these stories. Okay. Um, Lions and, and tigers and bears, oh my. Yeah, and, and just making them more detailed and having okay. them fleshed out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, that's what I want to do. And you could do that on the Facebook Lives again, Bob? I will try. Okay. Because once I make this commitment with you, I do it. I know you do. So I, last night I went out, nope, two nights ago I went out in my car. Yep. It was like... Well, I drove back home. It was like 11 p.m. Yep. And I was in my car with poor Wi-Fi connection. Yep. And I had my Facebook Live talking. It was just me there talking my hat. Hanging my jacket on. Down. Bob in the dark. Uh, well, I, close, yes. <laughs> in the dark with the car light on. Um, so I talked to my story for 10 minutes. It was great. Nice. And I like that. Maybe I'll just do uh, a Bob Stories in the Car uh, segment. Story so, time with Bob. In the car. I in like the dark, it. cold car. <laughs> I like That's it. That's the story of itself. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to so hand you back the check. Congratulations for the check. Yep. yep. Good. Anything else you want to add? I just want to reflect again on the importance of setting small, attainable goals for yourself that require you to transform, that require you to reach, that require you to develop yourself so that you can not only... Um, get the confidence in that you can accomplish something, but you can get the confidence in who you are. That's what I want to add for people to reflect on. Interesting. I'll be reflecting on that tonight because I'm going to be starting my journaling again tonight. Love it. This got me pumped up to, to just start really reflecting, really like taking 20 minutes and sitting down and reflecting, not like three minutes and right. just be like, yeah, my day was good. I did, I, did a, I did a podcast with Nick. I studied a little bit and now I'm going to bed. Right, but... I want to say to people, too, it doesn't need to be a 20-minute process to yeah, do it. Yeah, definitely. This can be, you know, you're in the more, you got no time, but you're walking between two classes. Those classes might be in the same building down a hallway that's 150 feet from each other. Mm-hmm. But that time is intentional for you to reflect. I like it. That's good. What was that question you asked? Uh, what, what was that question you said? Sorry, not asked. Um, I think you asked or you said, is today something that I enjoy doing or did I like yeah, doing so, so, today? Something along the lines of was today a good day? But it was, it was deeper than that. It was <laughs> like, we, did it was basically, did I enjoy what today was for me? Yeah. We, we never remember what we no, said. Absolutely. So, not. That's the fun of the show. All right. That's, that's it for manifest mindset. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.